You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. This is your Tuesday Locked On Syracuse podcast, Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard. Boy, do we have some stuff to get into today. Syracuse in the national spotlight, Tim. But it's not for the best of reasons right now. No. We're going to get to Pete Thamel <laughs> and his pessimistic view of the program of a university that he once attended. So we will dive into all of that. Also, Dino Babers, the comments he made, a little concerning in his latest press conference. So we will dive into those a little bit more. And he even, in a sense, addresses his future as well. And we will too on the show because it's time to start playing a little game, Tim. Who is going to last longer at Syracuse University? Is it going to be Dino Babers? Or Jim Beheim. Wow. So we will get into all of I'm that. I'm pumped in to just talk about that. Bit. That's a, yeah. a fun hypothetical. It's, you brought that question up in our text chain with Matthew Gutierrez, and it's definitely a question worth exploring. So we will get into all of that fun stuff. We're going to start with this Pete Thamel stuff, but before we do that, be sure to subscribe, rate, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. And you can check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We are going to read some of your responses to some of the tweets we've had over the last couple of days, including this Pete Thamel comment that was made. But we start with the Thamel comment. And Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, you can follow him on Twitter, at Pete Thamel. He wrote an article today, and I think it was more of a summary of college football. And he also addressed this on his college football podcast with Pat Forty. But he was talking about Dino Babers, and I was a little surprised that you're bringing up Dino Babers in a column that's dissecting the week in college football. I would probably think an article discussing the week of college football would be more geared toward Liberty and the fact that they did pick up their first ACC win and the program as a whole is trending upwards. But no, they took the pessimistic angle here and with Dino Babers, all right, here's the quote. He has four full years remaining on his contract, and the most conservative estimates of his buyout are that he'd be owed at least $17 million if he was fired after this season. Yikes. So all <laughs> of that stuff, and he later goes on in a $17 million buyout, that's going to scare away even SEC programs from potentially firing a coach. And think about all the money that gets poured into SEC football. I mean, you even look at the worst of the worst down there, whether it's a Vanderbilt or an Arkansas or something like that, a Kentucky, although Kentucky is playing pretty well this year, but you're thinking about those programs, even they get all that money, way more money poured into their football program than someone like Syracuse is. Yeah, I mean, it was a very pessimistic article and didn't agree with everything he wrote, but the fact that he does sort of uncover, I don't think I've seen this number thrown out there and that he's so confident to say conservative estimates would say the buyout is around 17 million that's a lot of dough like I know there was talks last year about Danny Manny now this is college basketball we're talking about so overall the salaries are going to be different and it's it's a little lesser but Danny million Danny Manning excuse me his buyout was around that mark and everyone was like whoa okay that's not happening I think Obviously, that, that it's a bad example because Danny Manning is no longer coaching for Wake Forest, but maybe I'm getting my years off a little bit there. We'll also think about the brand name, too. Yeah. I mean, Danny Manning, Kansas great, guy who was, it seemed like, was on the up and up. And let's be honest, Danny Manning did a good job recruiting. Now, we are comparing apples to oranges here, in a sense, because of the fact that this is basketball 
recruiting yeah. and, and instead of football recruiting, but he was pulling in five stars, McDonald's All-Americans, high-level high four stars. They just weren't getting it done on the field. Dino oh, yeah. hasn't even gotten right. to that point yet. Well, he had it for one year, right? But that's continuing to look more and more like a fluke. No, this this figure is ridiculous. And that, to me, just puts to bed any sort of thoughts that Dino Babers will get fired this year or by the end of the year. I mean, he is going to coach Syracuse football next year. And if you don't think that yes, right now, you're crazy. I'm sorry. like, mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I want him to be the coach. Like, th- This is a whole completely separate conversation we're having right now. I'm not talking about my personal feelings about Dino Babers. I'm talking about just what you should expect as a Syracuse fan and what is realistic. And $17 million in a perfect world where Syracuse was bringing in money hand over fist would be a lot. I know like fundraising has been good at the programs and John Wildhack just put down his own check and put his money where his mouth is. And that's great. But COVID is still hurting them at least a little bit. I can promise you that it's not the best year they've had in a while. So they don't want to pay 17 million and they don't want to have to pay two coaches and have to start over right now. I mean, I don't think they'd want to fire anyone in a pandemic anyway, regardless like even the uh, an assistant coach this year but maybe it will come to that we'll see how the season goes I fully expect them to finish the season with one win but there's no world that Dino Babers is not the head coach next year after I saw that number from Pete Thamel oh I totally agree with you and I'll say this too I don't think he should be fired this year forget the finances if his buyout was one million I'd still be saying this I'm I wouldn't fire a guy before he brings in his best recruiting class. And I think you got to think about the the other intangibles of this entire process here as well. His friendship with, with John Wildhack is another big thing. I mean, it seems like those guys are really tight. And it would be a very, very tall task for Wildhack to try to fire him, especially after he gave him what seems like a very lucrative contract when you factor in the buyout, the amount of money. And let's yeah. be honest... Say what we want about Dino Babers in the present situation, but there were buyers back in the day when they handed over this contract. I mean, he could have left if he wanted to, I'd imagine. With the the programs that were hiring coaches and the programs that maybe were on the fence about firing their coach and maybe they had uh, a little bit of interest in Dino Babers and then, boom, he, he gets locked up by Syracuse contract-wise and he's no longer on the table for that program. So, yeah. All of that said, I, I don't think you should be firing Dino Babers, and I, I just don't think Wildhack has it in him right now, even if his buyout was a million dollars or less to, to fire this guy. And by the way, John Wildhack and his contract that he gave Dino Babers, I don't think anyone should criticize that. I would have been, at the time, everyone was screaming, pay that man, pay that man, make sure you yeah. fork over Make that buyout large because we want him and we're really worried that he's going to go away. I mean, it was thrown around. Let's give this guy a lifetime contract. Like, let's do whatever we can to get Dino Babers to be the orange head coach for as long as we possibly can and keep him here. So I don't think John Wildhack's at fault here, but it's weird because this is just such an unfortunate situation now. And I'm kind of with you. I think I'm more on the side of I would probably I definitely consider it if there was no buyout firing Dino this year. And I get the recruiting point. And I do think you have to keep in mind the injuries and, you know, 
keep the 10 and 3 season at least somewhat there. He's proven that once the chips are kind of falling his way, he can produce a little bit, but four or five losing seasons is not what anyone would have signed up for once we hired Dino Babers. And here's why you bring up the contract there. And I think that's a good point to bring up. And here's why is because, okay, looking at this from a five-year perspective now, by the end of this season, he is going to have four losing seasons in his five years with the program. But when he gave him the contract, he had just, he was in the midst, or I can't, did he get it after the season or during the season? Whatever it was. I think, I think it, was it was right was before the bowl game. late in the season. Yeah. Yeah, it was right before the bowl game, if I remember correctly. But... You're giving him that contract then. He's on the heels of a 9-3 and three regular season. When you're looking at it that way, what he was selling you when he was in those interview rooms, interviewing to be the next head coach of Syracuse, when he was putting together his plan, everything that he was saying, he kind of lived up to. Like the 4-8 and eight season, 4-8 and eight season, sure, but there was progress being made. You were picking up big wins. And then you get to the the ten and three season, and everything that he had been building up to was paying off. Yeah. And you'd expect that success to be sustained, especially because you had seen a quarterback who had his bright moments in that season back in twenty eighteen, and you thought, okay, that's gonna be the guy now that's gonna take over. Cool. We've got three more years of a lot of success heading our way. You didn't see five and seven coming. You didn't see whatever this season's going to end up as. It could be 1-10, and ten, and it, it sure as hell is looking that way right now yeah. with the way that everything's playing out, injuries, and just overall lack of performance on the field. So at the time, that looks right. The contract that you handed out looks right. It's just that now we're at the stage where it has not panned out in terms of the breaks that you've caught and just frankly some guys underperforming. Yeah, I mean, I would say – the earliest that Dino Babers could get fired right now, and we'll get into this when we talk about Jim Beheim and other timetables, where they line up, and what what our thoughts are on who might actually leave first now. Obviously, the way they would leave would probably be drastically different in this scenario. It does feel like this ends, this Dino Babers tenure ends with him getting fired. It just is becoming abundantly more clear to me that it's not going to be anytime soon. And if that buyout is 17 mil this year, I'd love to know what Pete Thamel knows about what it is next year. But I would say, let's say it drops to like 12 mil or something. I mean, who knows, right? Even if it goes down a little bit, it's still a lot of money. And all the same points that I laid out earlier are still relevant. So it's looking like he probably will be the coach all throughout next year as well. And if they go like, three wins, four wins next year. I mean, people are going to be clamoring for it so much that you might just have to do the buyout and move on. But if he wins like four wins, and I know I just said three, four, maybe it's like a good four wins or five wins, or if he gets to six and six, then he's probably totally fine. And also, even if he wins like five games and it's a bad season, I still see a scenario where the buyout is so tough for Syracuse to swallow that, Best case scenario for the fans that are out there saying we need to fire Dino and we need to move on. I don't think there's a realistic scenario until 2022 where he's fired. I really don't. If that number is correct, which I respect Pete Thamel and like, I I don't think there's any reason for us to doubt that whatsoever. So I just, I don't, how could you fire him 
with that buyout. You can't do it, even though they're going to win one game and it's going to be as bad as we've ever seen at Syracuse football in history, literally in history. If they win one game, now it's a different year and a tougher schedule, but still, it would warrant being fired probably normally, but that buyout and considering it's a pandemic, I don't see it happening. All right, I got a couple more thoughts, and then we'll also get into the man himself, Dino Babers, his comments as well. But first, you need a well-oiled machine to get where you want to go. But in today's world, there have never been more options for you to buy from. Why not make it easy for you and go to rockauto.com? Because not only are you going to get the best selection and the easiest way to shop for auto parts, but you're also going to get it at the best price as well. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the same exact part? RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Whether you need engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Check out their website. The catalog is unique and super easy to navigate, and you will quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, for your brand, for your make, for your model, whatever you need to fix up your car or truck. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you again. When you go to rockauto.com, when you go fix up your car through their website, be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay time to tell you about one of my favorite beers Coors Light of course always been a personal favorite of mine so happy to have them on board love it on the golf course love it when I'm watching football on Saturday and Sunday you know it's a lot of hustle and bustle these days you're expected to be on 24 7 and Every now and then, you just got to take some time to stop and reset. That's when you reach for the Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. Even if your team isn't playing this year, there are still plenty of teams and sports on TV that can give you the excuse to chill and drink a beer. It doesn't matter what team or sport is playing. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. And always what I go to when I need to hit the reset button. So be sure to get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, so in Dino Baber's press conference yesterday, very interesting stuff that he said. There's He dove into the fact that this team is a monster underdog against Clemson, by the way. I don't know if you've seen this. We tweeted it out, but FanDuel Sportsbook right now has Syracuse as a as an underdog, obviously, to Clemson, 44 and a half points. But did you see the Clemson money line? No. Minus 100,000. Oh, I mean, my gosh. Th- wow. th- the number there is astronomical. I've never seen anything like it, especially in a conference some side, game. Some sort of record, right? Oh, I, it's so yeah, much. it's yeah. it's up there. But forty four and a half. We put it out earlier. It looked like it opened at thirty seven and a half, and people saw that it was way too light for yeah, their. How about you, so by the way? Going, catapulted that up. Going hey, cousin I, Sal, Bill Simmons yeah, on us. Guessing yeah. the line. <laughs> ring me, ring me up, ringer. All right. Um, but so 
couple of interesting things that he saw, but I want to start with the biggest comment of the day that he made. And it's this one right here. I know there are better days to come. He's talking about the program. And I'm and I hope I'm here to see all of it. I yeah. mean, what is that? It's powerful. You words. can't you cannot write your own eulogy here if you're Dino Babers, all right? And I I'm just very surprised to see that. I, I, I could have never imagined a guy like him who's put in like say what you want about how he's performed on the field, all that stuff. He has it seems like he has fully dedicated himself to this university. And he is putting forth his best effort at all times. I mean, he's charming to the cities, charming to the fan base. He's been a, a, a complete... He he has changed the tide of Syracuse football, at least momentarily, for a little bit before things went south these past couple of years. But for him to kind of... I mean, does he want the buyout check? Like, is that what he's going for? I mean, John Wildhack, if you were really really confident in, in in your boys this weekend why don't you throw down a little money on on FanDuel Sportsbook and I mean yeah, you could then he could probably pay for Dino's buyout with your winnings if, if they somehow pulled off the upset but yeah well, I mean then I think I, he wouldn't be in talks to get fired if he magically pulled off this upset right exactly yeah. no but I, I just I was very taken aback by that comment that's Dino's very tight-lipped like you ask him a question he's going to do his best usually to not answer especially personal questions, but for him to say something like that, I mean, I, I didn't see that coming at yeah. all. I kind of like it. I mean, it shows you that he is... You like it? Well, it shows you that he's cognizant of what's going on and that this is a real thing. Like, fans are talking about it, and, you know, he's coaching for his job. Like, in a way, I mean, we talked about guess, how yeah, it's not it's good that he realizes pressing. that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Do you have a problem with the quote? Yeah, I mean, I'm not one to write my own buyout check. Like, I I don't think that's what he should be doing here. I I don't think that he should be, like, I'm not one to to try to get fired. Like, that's not something that I aspire to. He says, I'm hoping. I mean, he's just being honest. He's being genuine. Yeah. It's dark times. There's a a better way to put that. It's by saying, like, I know there are better days to come. And boom, end of sentence. Yeah, maybe you could say, I know I'm the guy that could get us there. I mean, that's a little more confident phrasing that would maybe yeah. make it a little better. But I don't have a problem with it, honestly. I, I think it shows that he is aware of the situation. and Or is I mean, it him looking at a ne- his next step? Like, I, maybe it's not necessarily a step per se, but what's his next move? Is that well? Like, it, I don't want my coach's fired, mind wandering like that. If he gets fired and they win one game this year, he can't get a power five job again. I mean, like, well, okay, who's he won't get him? a power? He won't get a power five head coaching job, but coordinate. I mean, he's had success as a head coach in the MAC. He could go back to one of those smaller schools, implement his system, take a conference by storm for a little bit, and I mean, who knows? He could get a, a Power Five coordinator job, definitely. I mean, you look at Scott Schaefer. He, even though he he left the program after what was it, like a couple weeks or something, but yeah, he got fired from Syracuse and had a, a defensive coordinator job in Maryland within a, a couple of months. Yeah, and then he came back uh, in the c- ripping the cigar, the victory ripping cigar. cigars. Yeah, <laughs> after a Middle Tennessee State win. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Dino isn't doing that in three four years. That. 
it's so weird because I really, and I know we joked about this the other day, how we talked about how like the casual fan or just nationally, everyone loves Dino Babers. You always start the conversation about Dino, like love the guy, but, and I thought that was so funny how you phrased that the other day because his approval rating on just Dino Babers, the guy is a hundred percent percent. I mean, Oh he, yes. He goes like ask Jim Rome, like some of these national guys that get to talk to him. I mean, he's always on these, these uh, media, you know, like phone calls and everything. And he's in the locker room speeches and just everyone loves him. And honestly, it's kind of like a little bit frustrating that that hasn't translated to more recruiting success because you think that would be such an asset. And Pete Thamel writes about in his article how that's never been Dino's calling card and he's never put in a lot of time into it. Disagree a little bit because I think adding Chip West was basically 100% because they realized that they needed to improve recruiting and that's already paid some dividends and clearly making some changes to the staff this offseason has paid some dividends in recruiting. Now, I don't want people to, I mean, we're very high on the 2021 class, but I don't think it's like a total, like, oh my gosh, this is a sign of a completely different recruiting trend here. Because there's some schools. No, but it's a step them. forward, no doubt. It's like, a step forward. We're talking like a ten step, like in, in terms of the the jump Ranking. you're making in the rankings. You're moving up yeah. about ten spots. But or the so. rankings we'll see how the rest settled. of it rounds out. I mean, that's the only right. thing. Like there are schools behind them that will probably jump them, and they're still twelfth in the ACC. So I don't. I mean, like again, we've been some of the biggest cheerleaders for the class, and and I more just like who they have identified in the class and believe that if anything, the class is better than the ratings indicate. And I love that they finally got a quarterback, honestly, that we really like in Justin Lampson. But the, this recruiting class is not, it's his best class, but that's still not saying like a ton. Like it's, it's kind of been disappointing overall, the recruiting still under Dino. Right. I'm, uh, so I'm going through some of our Twitter responses, too, when, when we're talking about the conversation of what is next with Dino Babers. And I, I, I think one of the, the big ones we got, and, and he's a, a very loyal Twitter follower for us, but at SU Vidala, Mike Vidala, he says, nobody with any sense wants to lose Dino Babers. 18 months ago, we were worried that someone else would take him away. This program will be back 18 months from now. And... He followed it up. He had another good one in here somewhere. That and now I'm scrambling and I've lost it. And <laughs> stall. Just do a little talking for me, Tim, so oh, yeah. I can I, I can try to find this one back. Connor Morissette um, responded to him, right? And then um, he yes. had it, he had a response to that, correct? Mm-hmm. But there there was something also that he had about how how this is a blip on the radar as opposed to. Um, and that there are better oh, I days got it ahead. For well, you. I, I go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and read okay. It. So Connor says that's disappointing. Um, in response to us tweeting out the Pete Thamel numbers on the buyout, and he said, "Not really. They'll be winning by 2022." I'm convinced this is a blip, and that's Mike Vidala who said that. Right, and I just don't get how you can call this a blip right now. And when you look at the track record, I mean, this is, you're going to have four or five seasons losing seasons. I don't think it's getting much better next year. And so if that's five of six seasons as losing seasons, sure, you might be winning in 2022, but is, is Dino Babers going to be the, I just, you're looking at a trend here, not, and 10 and three is the outlier. 
and, yeah. and not the not the start of a new trend. And I just don't get how you can call it a blip in that point. But there's also another one from at Cuse Waterboy. Uh, that's been my point for a while now with the hashtag Fire Dino crowd. I'm definitely not a part of, and basically saying like the buyout is is going to be too much. By the way, have you seen? I feel like we have a lot of fans uh, on our Twitter account that are both Braves fans and Syracuse fans. Really? So we apologize for this oh, this previous gosh, weekend yeah. for for, for all of you guys times. out there. Um, and then one one of our favorite guys, always on the John. Yeah, we might have one winning season and six tries by next year. I wonder if these same people are still going to be Dino lovers by that at that point too. So I. I get what all they're saying. I get the frustrations. And it's sad that money might be the thing that gets in the way here of progressing this football program forward to the degree that you would like. But that that's the harsh reality of college football. It's there are haves and haves nots. Yeah. And right now Syracuse is a have not. And a lot of it is because of the financial constraints that they have because of the fact that you're not getting these mega donations like you're getting in the South right now. You can't compete with the facilities that are being built down there you can't get these outrageous things in your locker rooms that all these other schools might have and there's financial constraints which is kind of a problem when you're a power five school yeah let's phrase it this way if dino baber is is a stock are you buying him right now considering it's at an all-time low like do you still believe in him to the point where you would buy or would you sell and and you've already lost all your money if you bought him when it was after the ten and three season? Right. I mean, you can't sell it. It's yeah. It's at its it's all time low. It feels you kind of like. got to hold so, on at that. Yeah, point. you got to hold on and pray it gets back to to the price it was back in in twenty eighteen. That's kind of how you're sitting on this thing right now. Right. Um, but I guess but, if you didn't have anything invested in him. Like right now, I I don't think I'd put money in a Dino Baber stock because I do think this thing ends with him getting fired. I just think it's a little bit later than some people are realizing because that buyout number is so large. Yeah, absolutely. All right, coming up next, we are going to discuss a little bit more. Who is going to last longer at this university? Will it be Jim Beheim or will it be Dino Babers? We'll give you our thoughts on that coming up next. All right, before we get into this Dino Babers versus Jim Beheim, who's going to last at Syracuse longer conversation? We got our Sean Tucker tweet, Tim. We got oh, it from at Sean Tucker 2020. And it's the, the Magic Johnson of Syracuse football. For those who don't know, Magic Johnson puts out common sense tweets, and we've started to notice a trend with Syracuse's freshman running back, Sean Tucker. Now, let's... If there's one positive to draw from this season, absolutely, like we started out with the defense is the biggest positive, the turnovers, Trill Williams, all that stuff, Michael Jones. I'm at the point now where the biggest positive for me on the season is Sean Tucker. You're having a guy now who's ripped off a couple hundred yard games for yeah. you on the ground. So I'm I'm buying all the Sean Tucker stock I can get right now. But anyway, his tweet says. Saturday, I rushed for 111 yards and 5.3 yards per carry. I had a few issues in the game, but I'm satisfied with my second 100-yard performance. Not satisfied with the with the score. We lost to Liberty, 38 to 21. And then he posts a picture of him against the Liberty defense. But yeah. Sean Tucker added again with uh, another one of his, his common sense tweets that we love, love so much your, on the show. Your voice when you read those tweets because it's, it perfectly encapsulates. I don't know. It's just. 
It's that's how I read Magic out. Johnson's tweets in my in my head too. When right. I see one pop across the timeline, I I always read it in that same exact way. It's like the ah 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 ah, and yeah. it's just like that. That's how I read the, these tweets. But um, and also before we get into this Dino versus sure. Jim Beheim conversation, we do have to award a scoops point, Tim. Because yeah. our guy, and now he doesn't want to accept the point. He, we we brought it up in the I'll text thread with him. I'll be honest, it's a generous point. Uh, you you, you went think ahead it's a generous and gave point. it to him. I mean, okay, well, let me explain what it is. So I don't know if everyone saw, but Dior Johnson no longer listed on the Oak Hill Academy team roster. And so there's no sourcing there, though. So is it a scoop, or is it just him... I guess it's an it's investigative work. I'll, I'll give him credit because I love investigative. Goody. So are we are we awarding a point? Yes, no. Can we give him a for those half who don't know point? what we're doing right here? By the way, <laughs> we, we have our Syracuse scoop standings. Basically, what we do anytime a Syracuse reporter gets a scoop, basketball, football, women's lacrosse, rowing, we don't care. You get a scoop, you get a point for reporting said scoop. Right now, Anthony DeBundo in the lead. He's got two because he got the Andre Cisco news of him opting out of the season and then on top of that he also what, what was his other scoop the acl the torn acl yeah. with andre cisco too so all over he's cisco. in the lead right now two nothing and are we giving one to goody here on this we can give him a point yeah we'll, we'll give him a point point put we, it on the board like all right all right point Should we for give goody family a point i mean i know he's not local so i guess he Ooh. kind of is in a different league no but. i, I I don't think we we go regionalist here. I I think anyone's in the okay. Because like, what if Rothstein breaks a story? I think yeah, on Kadari Richmond maybe. <laughs> yeah, and the hype train. Hmm. Yeah, seventeen. No, we'll give Thamel a point. I'm cool with that. We're giving Thamel. Okay, let's yeah. let's give Pete Thamel a point. Pete Thamel, put him on the board. All right, so we have awarded two points here today. All right, now let's get into what we we're actually going to talk about in this segment, and that is Jim Beheim or Dino Babers. Who is lasting at the university longer right now? I think this is a very interesting question, and you posed it to myself and Matthew Gutierrez earlier yesterday, and if you asked me this question two months ago, it's a no-brainer. I'm saying Dino Babers, but now, I mean, how much longer is Jim Beheim coaching is one of the, is obviously the, the elephant in the room. We know yes. they are going to be leaving the university for very different reasons. Jim Beheim is going to retire as the head coach of the Syracuse basketball program. Dino Babers will either be fired or take a new job. That would be hard. Well, we're not having this conversation if Dino Babers is retiring as the head coach of Syracuse football. Yeah. Like, that. that's just point blank. So, it'll be an early departure. The reason why? Still up in the air. But what what side do you lean on in this argument? Because I think I... I was starting with Dino, but now I'm starting to swing the other way towards Beheim. Really? I think you have to think Dino here. And a big reason why, honestly, Buddy Beheim might be playing an extra year after what we found out last week, the blanket waiver, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure, tomorrow. Wait, so you show. think you think that Dino lasts longer? or I, I, I think Dino will go earlier. To answer the question. So he's, so he'll okay, so then I, I agree with you. Yes, okay. I think right. Beheim yeah. lasts longer at the program. Right. So, yeah, I think Beheim because you would have thought 2022 would have been Beheim's la Buddy Beheim's last year. So then, obviously, a lot of people have connected the dots there that he'll just leave then with his son. Who knows if Buddy uses this extra year, but 
I mean, why wouldn't he, right? Because it seems like he's not destined for NBA stardom, and I think we all expect him to play four years anyway, and he's probably going to keep getting better, and it's not like he's going to transfer to another school, right? I mean, I don't see that happening, considering yeah. he's got Bayheim on the back of his jersey. So, yeah, I think... And think of it this way, too. I mean, there, what if what if Jimmy Bayheim? Because with everything happening in the Ivy League right now, yeah, who knows what happens there? Is there a window of opportunity that maybe he might use some extra eligibility and maybe come and play for the orange for, for a season. Who knows? I mean, that that's a complete hypothetical I'm throwing out there, but I'm with you. I think that this whole timeline has now shifted a little bit. I mean, exactly. Wh- what's Jim going to do? He's not going to end up like Digger Phelps where he's, he's going to retire, remain in the, the community and just show up as a fan for Syracuse basketball games. I just, I just, I don't see that happening. I can like, see it happening. This man wants to just coach and coach and coach. Oh well, yeah. Until he literally can't walk anymore. Right. I mean, once he does retire, the thing is, he's just going to his home in Syracuse. Like, it's not like he's going to some tropical destination. At least, I don't know Jim Beheim on a personal level, but that would be my assumption, just based on the fact that he's lived there his entire life and he seems very happy being there. Obviously, so I mean, think about it from his perspective too. Do you want to move? And I don't know, pick a, you want to go to a retirement community in Florida or whatever? Or do you want to go and sit on your throne in Syracuse? Like, you can say what you want, weather, all that stuff. It's nicer in Florida. There's, you get sunshine, you can golf 365 days a year, which we know Jim loves to do. Or you can stay in Syracuse, where you're beloved, you don't have to pay for a single meal if you don't want to. The community bows down and, and, and kisses the ground you walk on. Like For the he's most not part, leaving yeah. the. Syrac- I, I don't see him leaving the Syracuse community once he he's done coaching Syracuse basketball. Yeah, and there was an interesting article today in the Athletic on how Jerry McNamara is a top forty under forty in the college hoop scene right I now. I did see that, mm-hmm. and they basically said like GMAC is the leading candidate to replace Bayheim. I forget who wrote the article or maybe it was I believe a it was, was it Seth Davis? Yeah, it could have been Seth, Seth Davis. Davis yeah. So I mean I do think part of me feels like it's going to be an in house hire because Bayheim wants to go watch these games when he's 83, 84, kick back on the couch and see his two three zone still in action. Like he and he does he earns that right, right? Because like he oh, is yes, taking no this program from the ground up. So uh yeah I mean I think it's Bayheim that would stay longer now, considering the buddy news. But to me, my if I had to guess, I would say Dino leaves in 2022 because he is fired, and Bayheim retires after Dior's freshman season. Hopefully he comes, but let's just assume he does. That would be 2022, and I guess that would be Bayheim, Buddy Bayheim's last season. Am I... I think I got my math right there. Yeah, right? you got your yep. Yeah. Your timelines are, are all lined up there. Yep. So it would mm-hmm. be after Dino and in like the same sort of calendar year, but he would be like you know five or six months after Dino because it would leak into twenty twenty three. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to discuss the blanket waiver tomorrow on the show because that's something that is very interesting, especially on the basketball front. Because, I mean, one of the best players that Syracuse has right now is all of a sudden going to be bleeding into this window of, of 
what is looking like a very, very positive stretch inbound for the Orange. So we will do that tomorrow. And also, Matthew Gutierrez, our pal at The Athletic, he wrote a great piece on some of the big numbers you need to know. So we will dissect all of those for you. So a hoops-heavy show tomorrow. We're also going to tie the blanket waiver into the football side of things as well. But that's what you can look forward to on the Wednesday Locked on Syracuse podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend as well, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh,